and welcome to Veterinary Journal Club, uh, another episode. This is our first episode that we are also recording video, bumping into things. Um, so we're trying that new. We're not yeah. gonna look. We're not gonna look at you very much though. So because we have a YouTube channel, we have a YouTube channel. There's one yeah. video up there. We do have a video. It's not a podcast. Um, I just, I just noticed we have some laundry hanging in the background. Good thing we don't have the camera turned the other way. Yeah, I did that on purpose. I moved all the stuff. Out okay, of the good way. job. <laughs> um, so yeah, we have a YouTube channel. Um, yeah, we have one whole video. This would be the second video, I guess. The YouTube channel. I think it's called Doctor Bobby. I think you did name it something silly like yeah. that. Um, but it's got a picture of Bobby. That should help you find it. So if you it. know what Bobby looks like, <laughs> if, if, you can find you, it. You do now if you're watching this on. Except if, she has blonde hair in it. Oh, that's true. Yeah. If you're listening, then this doesn't help you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at any rate, we'll, I, I don't know, maybe we'll talk about that a little more at the end of the show and give them the information or we'll put it on the page. Anyway, but today's show is going to be about um, doing nothing well. How to do How to do nothing, nothing well not how to do nothing i mean not how to do nothing well like you can be good at doing nothing yeah how are you going to be good at doing nothing yeah it sounds weird like i'm training you to be lazy that's not what i mean right you hear so you brought this up because you hear me talk about this all the time right yeah you can like sometimes the best things we can do is nothing because you just end up screwing things up that's, that's like a terrible impression of me well, there's <laughs> more hand gestures there probably was um yeah, it's um, it's a really easy trap to. So, what do you mean by into. do nothing first? Pretty much that. Um, so, it's it's really easy when you become a doctor. I assume this is true for like physicians as well. But like when you become a veterinarian, you're like, okay, people come to me because their pet is sick or their herd is sick or you know whatever. Um, there's a problem, and I'm supposed to fix it. And fixing it feels like a really active process, right? Like I have to do something. Right. To like fix when it. I go to Walmart, I get some stuff. When yeah. I go to the restaurant, I get some stuff. Yeah. But when I go to the doctor, I spend a lot more. I better be getting some stuff. <laughs> get some stuff. Right. You are getting my expertise. That's yeah. what you're paying for. But if you don't do anything, that's annoying. I want some stuff. What are you I talking just, about? Yeah. I just spent $300. You want a goodie bag? You want a goodie bag? Yeah. What? Uh, no. I spent $300 in Walmart. I'm getting a lot of stuff. Yeah, Walmart. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a veterinarian. I'm not Walmart. And I think that's pretty great. So what um, I actually don't think most of your clients are are saying what you're yeah. saying right now. I think but that's, Tover's I think being a dork. But that's what um, most doctors think. They're worrying about that. Like, yeah. oh, if they don't leave with something, um, if I haven't done something tangible, that the clients are going to think that this wasn't valuable. Right, because as a doctor, you see it as doing nothing as the... It's like, no, you're doing your job. As the, the clients are like... Cool. We didn't have to do anything. Yeah. So, uh, okay. I'm going to start with this this anecdote, this little story, because this, I think, was I feel like powerful. people are used to going to doctors and nothing happens. So. But it's not that nothing happens as part of it. Well, like, like every time but, I go to a doctor, the shoes, they, uh, they say some stuff, blah, 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 blah. And then I come back and you're like, what did they say? I was like, I don't know. That's because you weren't paying attention. Okay. But, <laughs> okay. I had, this was like a month ago. And we had a case come in, uh, a woman called, she has a Doberman, 
who a year or something, year or two before had a GDV, a gastric dilatation and volvulus, which is uh, an emergency and it's a surgical emergency. It's life-threatening. If you don't get it fixed, it will die. Um, And so a couple years before it had the signs. And so naturally she was like, ah, she felt like the dog was showing similar signs. And she lived kind of far away. So she's like, I'm driving in. I'm on my way. And I was like, yep, we'll see you. And we're like, God, I hope it's not actually a GDV because when you do the surgery, you're supposed to tack the stomach so that doesn't happen again. It, in, it's rare, but that can break down. So it's like, maybe it's going to be, you know. So this dog comes in super stable, like looks good. Not a problem. and But, you know, this one was like, last time he was going to die. So um, I do an exam. I'm talking to like the student. And I was like, yeah, what do you think? And I was like, it looks good. I was like, I know. What should we do? Well, we could do a bunch of blood work. We can do some x-rays. I was like, yeah, we can do all those things. But do we need to? Um, and so we kind of went back and forth. And I was like, I mean, if this were my dog, no, I wouldn't spend three, $400 to do a bunch of tests because I've done a physical exam and I could look at this dog and be like, your dog looks good. And that's what I talked to the client about. I was like, okay, so I have good news. Your dog looks really good. Um, you know, vitals are stable, you know, whatever's going on. And she had already acknowledged that like her dog looked better just in the drive in. Um, but I was like, and you know, (laughs) I can spend a bunch of your money. And that's literally what I said to her. I was like, I can spend a bunch of your money. Like if you're going to drive home, if you're going to lose sleep, if you're going to be paranoid and you really want me to do blood work and x-rays, like I can do that. And if that will make you feel better, if you want that's fine. But I'm telling you, I feel pretty comfortable right now that your dog is fine. And if you're comfortable with this, we can send him home and watch him. And she's like, no, that, that sounds great. <laughs> that, that's what she came for. She came for the reassurance for a professional to look at her dog and be like, no, everything is fine. And so right, I sent him home as, without doing a bunch of tests and yeah. treatments. I sent it home with no medications. Like, your dog is going to be fine. And the next day... She had sent me a gift. I got like a, a little flower. Oh, uh, is that person? Yeah, it was that person. It was in my office for a while. Um, like I got a gift for doing nothing. I mean, I didn't do nothing. I did a full exam. I talked to her, got the history, went over everything, discussed all her options. But I was like, you don't have to spend more money. And she was yeah. like, thank you. So she ended up spending more money buying me a gift. Not as much like as, as she would have doctor, spent on x-rays. But. You would look at that. It's like, oh, I didn't do anything. See, I don't. I look at it as like, I. But I think most doctors. I did a lot like, and I saved her a bunch of money. Because it's like, oh, I have those thoughts in my head all the time. So <laughs> no. whatever. Everybody, everybody knows this. Everybody knows that blah, 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 GDV. No. Schmurfle, nerf. They don't know this. Like, that's my job is to look yeah. at her dog. But most and, people don't think of it because they, yeah, well, they I'm hang around you, veterinarians think about all day. This. I'm giving you permission to think that your time is valuable and your expertise is valuable and you're awesome. And your clients also think that like they do and they trust you. And if you say, Hey, your dog looks really good. I don't think you need to do a bunch more stuff. Congratulations. You don't have to spend more money, just the money for my time. They're like, yeah, bargain. Awesome. Not everyone. Some of them are going to be like, oh, you know, yeah, let's do the blood work. Let's do the x-rays. And she would have been, and if she'd done that, I'd have been fine, not yeah. hurt my feelings. But I told her like, you don't have to do this. Like I am comfortable with this plan, but I, I need you to be comfortable with this plan. Um, if you're going to go home and, and I tell clients this kind of thing all the time dog comes in lame it's limping and the owner's freaking out because he was holding his leg up and by the time the dog gets to me i'm like eh, he's barely limping i can't like maybe he's a little uncomfortable here look i can take some x-rays um if you know if you really want that but i'm telling you on my physical exam nothing's broken he probably sprained something like it's very unlikely i can't say definitively if i don't take the x-rays but it's probably not likely why don't we just take him home 
you know, rest it up a little bit. And if it gets worse, bring him back. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like you always say, what do you do? Like I, exactly. sprained, I sprained my thumb the other day. Yeah. And it was pretty bad. Yeah. But We're probably like, going to need to sedate you yeah, and take some x-rays, x-rays and we'll give you six weeks of pain medication, yeah. schedule physical therapy. And, you know, let's just amputate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just jiggle it around. Yeah. yeah it still moves right. Yeah, okay. Maybe it just hurts it. a little. Yeah, we'll see if it, you're fine. Wait a week and see if it still hurts a lot. My favorite example, and I use this one all the time. So some of you have already heard this, but think back right now. All of you, you're going to do this. Think back to the last time you had diarrhea. And if you say, oh, I've never had diarrhea, you're a liar because everybody's had it to varying degrees. And you're just like, oh, okay, my tummy's a little rumbly. And then you go to the bathroom, you're like, that was gross. And you had some diarrhea. And uh, I'd be willing to bet that you didn't rush to the ER and demand antibiotics. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't. Neither do your clients, but they do with their dog. And there's what, do you know what I always tell people, what's the difference between you having diarrhea and if one of our cats has diarrhea? I have diarrhea in the toilet. You have diarrhea in the toilet. That's exactly the difference. And if your cat has diarrhea in the litter box, you probably won't even know about it. You might, you would because you empty the litter box. I'm a bad person. But um, if your dog or cat has diarrhea on the floor, that is, that's an emergency. Mm -hmm. Like you just had diarrhea on the carpet. That's an emergency. It's not the diarrhea because like if your dog or cat has diarrhea in a toilet, it's not an emergency. Maybe that's what you can start doing. Instead of giving antibiotics, you can give... Um, toilets? No, not toilets. Because they, they're not going to use the toilet. Oh, okay. They don't understand. Oh. You could give um, a card to like a carpet cleaner. Carpet cleaner? Yeah. Like Stanley <laughs> Spend Steamers. your money on this. Yeah. But I... Like I... Veterinarians... A lot of veterinarians assume... Like you said, that the client isn't going to value what they did if they don't leave with a prescription or if we don't do some diagnostic test, if they don't spend more money. And it's just not true. So how do you make sure that you're not wrong? So the animal has diarrhea and you're like, man, let's not do anything. You're just like, go home. It's fine. Yeah. Just keep them outside. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. We want to talk about doing nothing well. A week later. The animal's dead and they're coming in like, my dog is dead. They're shaking it around. (laughs) Swinging it around. Um, They're very upset. So I am not here to tell you that you're never going to be wrong. What I'm here to tell you is that by doing something when you should do nothing, sometimes that's wrong. Um, So it's not always going to be immediately obvious when doing nothing is the right thing or when doing something is the right thing. There should be a reason for whatever you do. Um, And if you're treating something because you can't think of anything better to do, maybe doing nothing is the right treatment. And the reason that nothing works really well is that the human body, the canine body, the feline body is really good at healing itself for a lot of things. Right. There's a lot of wild animals out there that don't need doctors. Yeah, exactly. They're doing pretty well. I mean, they're doing better with doctors. Like we're improving your lives. And there are certain things that we absolutely can and should intervene. And we, we make a lot of things better, but we assume that we like, I and only I can keep this animal. No, just leave it alone and it will get better. It will heal. I I, I use this example as well. When an animal breaks a bone, what, what fixes the bone? The bandage. Nope. (laughs) The surgeon, (laughs) the surgeon doesn't do it. None of that. The body heals that bone back together itself. What we're doing is trying to create an environment to make that work better, more efficiently, like quicker. Like I want the two ends of the bone to be close together because that is going to heal faster than if they're far away. But the healing is done by the body. The surgeon takes all the credit as they should. I would too, but they take all the credit, but the bone, the body has to 
heal those. But if you just put two screws in the bone, it would never, ever heal. Um, you'd have to rely on those screws to last forever. But eventually you can remove those screws because the body fills that back in. Like it, it repairs on its own. And so the body's really good at this. All we're trying to do is nudge things in the right direction. And sometimes doing that might actually make things worse. So doing something when you should do nothing is harmful. It's not always immediately obvious to know. So, so like for your example, example, yeah, you say, okay, this dog has diarrhea and I'm like, just give it a minute or, you know, a few days. The key for me when you're doing nothing well is a couple things. One, make sure the client, like make sure that's a stable patient. Like this isn't the patient that's like dying. I'm not talking about a patient who has abnormal vitals or who has multitude of signs. It's got like one thing going on, one thing wrong, and it's a relatively minor thing and it doesn't seem like it's affecting much else. That's a great time to do nothing. Um, but you also have to explain to the client, Hey, here's my expectation. This is what I think is going on. I think your dog has a sprain or I think it's probably just got some stomach upset or ate something it shouldn't have. And that kind of thing should get better over this time period, two, three days, five to seven days, whatever you're talking about. This is when it should get better. It could probably, you want to be in the video too, Hippo, everybody? This is, I don't know if they can even see them. You're probably gonna have to hold them up. This is Hippo. He's the bad cat. No, he's a good cat. He's the bad cat. He is 100% the bad cat. Um, But he's cute, so we keep him. And Topher likes him. Anyway, um, you need to explain to them, when should this get better? Like, what do I expect the healing time to be? And what if that doesn't happen? Like, what's plan B? Like, what is the sign that this is getting worse? Or what is the sign that this is not getting better? And what are we going to do about it? So doing nothing the first time doesn't mean you're relegated to doing nothing forever. If doing nothing doesn't work, you can go back and do something. It turns out. Right, they can come back. <laughs> they can come back. And you should give them instructions on when to come back. What is what is a sign that this isn't working? And that happens sometimes. And people are okay with that. Yeah, like if you, you say you can call them in three days. Yeah. If you're really worried, you don't think they're gonna like follow up. But like it's super reasonable for you to, and I tell people this routinely. Hey, we can start with this plan. Let's just give it some time and see what happens. And if that doesn't work, you come back in. And chances are we haven't lost much. Um, but a lot of the time it'll be fine. Um, even if you do something, you should give people those instructions, right? Like, Hey, I treated with this treatment, this, um, medication, or we did these tests and, um, okay, based on the information I have now, here's what I think should happen. Here's the time frame over which I expect it to happen. And this is what happens if things go south. So it's not any different than instructions you would give if you are, treating something with a medication or or if you did a bunch of tests, it's all the same. It's just, you don't, don't feel the need to always have to do something. That's not what you do to earn your paycheck. You earn that exam fee, that time It's your time, your time and your expertise is valuable and your clients think it's valuable, which is why they come in the door and are willing to pay that fee. They know up front. That's like the only fee they know of up front. How much is it going to be to come in for an emergency? It's $100. How much is it going to be for an appointment? It's $50. Whatever it is. That's the one thing they know up front. They have in advance agreed that you spending time doing an exam, talking to them, getting all the information and making a plan is valuable and they're willing to pay that. So why would you say, I have to do more? Um, now, if you're just being a greedy bugger and you're like, I need to earn more money, I'm going to run a bunch of unnecessary tests. Sure. But then like, don't stop listening to the podcast. 
<laughs> you're not one of my people. That's not none of none of us got into this to be like, yep, we're just going to run unnecessary tests to generate revenue. And that's not why veterinarians are doing it. Like that is 100% not. It's this fear of missing something or again the the perception that I haven't earned my paycheck or I didn't fix it. It's like you don't have to fix. In fact, most of the time, even when you prescribe medications or you do diagnostics and blah, 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 most of the time you're not oh, fixing yeah. anything. Don't you have, a, you have a horse story? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't, I, think, I don't I, think you've told it. I've probably told it seven times on this podcast. But you know what? It's such it's a good story. It's the first time on video. But it's the first the time on video. Story. But even if I have, it's such a good story and you should all hear it again. Um, you've How many times have you heard this story? The fact that you brought it up means you've heard it a few times. Yeah. Well, I only need to hear it once. I listen. You listen? To you when you talk. All the time? Yeah. Yeah, you're pretty good. He's pretty good. Okay, so the horse story. So when I was a vet student. Horse, not horror. Horse. It's not a horror story. It has a happy ending. Sorry. Giving it away. So I was a a vet student. Uh, Obviously, you guys know by now, like I'm small animal emergency critical care, but I was on my equine medicine rotation. How many decades ago? You shush. This would have been in... It was not two decades ago. This... Not, no, that is nearly, <laughs> holy crap, no, it was like 15 years ago, 15 or 16 years ago. Oh, what year is it now? One and a half. It would have, yeah, shut up. I'm very young. Look at me in my cool young person t-shirt with my young person hair. <laughs> okay, so I'm on my equine medicine rotation and we had a full come in and it was vestibular and it was like dramatically vestibular. So this foal couldn't even stand up. Its eyes were darting back and forth. It had horrible vestibular signs. It was like rolling around in the hay and it was just not having a good time. And I was like, oh, I've never, I've never seen a foal with vestibular. And like horses are always on their legs. As far as I'm concerned, like they're yeah, always standing. standing a horse lying down, even if it's normal, looks messed up to me. Oh, <laughs> like, Nate Bargatze okay. has a story about that. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. We should let him tell it on his podcast. Yeah, so you should listen Nate to Nate Bargatze. Horse story. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, Anyway, so I'm really like feeling for this full. I'm like, this looks miserable. Surely there's something we can do. And I'm like, isn't there like Dramamine for horses? And so I did some research, very proud of myself. I did some independent research and I looked it up and I was like, oh, there's this drug called Meclizine. Are you flexing for the camera? No. He totally was. You totally were. (laughs) It's awesome. Anyway, so I'm going to flex now too. Um, No, go ahead and do it. You hush. (laughs) So... I look up and I find meclizine is like the veterinary version of Dramamine. It's a um, to help with dizziness and blah, blah, vestibular signs. And so I look it up and I get the dose and I go to the doctors and I was like, hey, I figured this out. I'm, I'm brilliant, genius. Look at look at all the work I've done. I'm, I'm a wonderful person. I'm the first vet to ever I've, use no this No one else medication. has ever thought of this before to use this in a vestibular full. And they're like, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, go fill out the prescription. That's fine. They're like, just probably just like get out of our hair, honestly. And so I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I take my prescription down to the pharmacy. Um, and I, I don't remember the details of this part because this part is kind of weird. But for whatever reason, maybe it was after hours or I went to the pharmacy and they were like, oh, we can't get that until tomorrow. I couldn't get the prescription until the next day. And I was like, that's okay. I've done the legwork. First thing in the morning, I'm going to go drop this prescription off or get the medication. We'll give it to the foal and the foal is going to feel amazing. Maybe. I was like really hopeful about this, but it didn't get the medication. So the next morning I come in and that foal is up and walking around and looking nearly normal, nearly normal. I mean, like still had like a little so vestibular. Went himself? Yeah. So he had driven to the local CVS and no, so he hadn't gotten the medication and he was so much better just on his own. We hadn't really done any treatment at that point. 
And I know for a fact, if I had been able to give the Meclizine the night before, I would have taken all of the credit. I would have been like, I fixed this full with this medication because that was the only thing that would have been done because yeah. we didn't do anything and else. And then you wouldn't there- be right here talking about doing nothing. Yeah, I probably like, would. I'd be prescribing meclizine for everything. It's it's totally true. This was such an instructive moment for me um, to recognize not only did this poll get better on its own, but that I would have assumed that the meclizine led to the improvement. I yeah. would have been wrong. I would have been 100% wrong. The meclizine would have done almost nothing, if not nothing. And that fool would have looked a million times better. And I would have been like, this is a miracle drug. This is amazing. And I'm the genius who thought of it. I would have. Yeah. And probably some other people would have given me credit too. They would have been like, wow, that really did help. Um, yeah. And, and then you'd just be given Pepto-Bismol yeah, be doing all antibiotics sorts of stupid to all stuff. the diarrhea. I would. I'd be generating so much revenue for our profession yeah. <laughs> and the drug companies because we know they're all hurting for money. So... I remember that case and I tell that story all the time because it really was an important learning moment for me to see how <laughs> I don't know how, how little of an effect I might have on my cases. Yeah. It's very tempting to assume that when I do something the thing that happens afterwards was caused by the thing I did. Like it's very easy to assume cause and effect. Yeah. This thing happened and then the thing happened afterwards, clearly A caused B. Yeah. Even even though in that situation, I know that A wouldn't have, if I had done A, it wouldn't have caused B. B was going to happen anyway. Um, and so it's B like- B happened because of C, not A. Yeah, B happened because of life. Because, you know, like it's good. It, it, physiology and self-healing and it's, it's just really cool. Um, oh my God, our cat. That's the cute cat. Motor, come in here so everybody can see you. He says no. Anyway. So what are the- like the major cases that um, like what makes you identify a case where it's like, I should probably do nothing here. So the big things for me are the patient is stable. Okay. So it's vitals are not even all of its vitals. It's cardiovascularly stable. So it's not tachycardic. It's not, it doesn't have crappy pulses. It's not, um, you know, pale gum. It doesn't have signs of shock. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's breathing. Okay. Those are cases I can probably, I probably want to do something. I want to intervene in some way, shape, or form. Um, so this is a patient who is otherwise doing most of its normal things. Like take all the normal things the pet would do and then take one of those things that it's not doing. Everything else it's still doing, I'm probably going to be like, mm, maybe we can just wait and let the rest of the healthy body like be okay. Um, so I'm not talking about ignoring life-threatening issues. Um, I'm talking about ignoring... Diseases where, where we don't have an answer, and I think that's the hard part, is when we haven't made a diagnosis, it's really hard to be like, let's just not do anything. And I think all the times in my life where I've had the sniffles, I've had this, I feel kind of crummy, and I don't treat it. I just like wait it out, and my body's really pretty good at coming back to like back to normal. Um, so like treating the patients as if I would treat myself. If you, if you are going to the hospital every time you feel a little off, I, my bet is you're not. Otherwise, you have amazing insurance or a lot of debt or you're incredibly wealthy or you're a hypochondriac. I, I don't know. But like, that's not what most people do. And so don't feel the need to do that with your patients. The other thing is your clients will do some weird things where they will treat their pets differently than they would treat themselves or even their children. Um, 
And so they'll come in and be like, oh, we got to do all the things. Or they've been trained because they've gone to veterinarians who always do something, always do some tests or always do some treatment. And they're going to want the same thing because it worked, quote unquote, worked last time. And it's like, yeah, every time you get a cat with idiopathic cystitis and you give it antibiotics, it will work. But you know what else will work? Not giving it antibiotics. Those will also work um, because it's not the antibiotics that's getting better. That that cat was going to get better no matter what you did. Right. I guess the kind of another way to look at it is like think of all the tools you have and are any of the tools going to treat that like, like the idiopathic cystitis yeah. one. It's like if you give it antibiotics, did you find um, bacteria? Did you, you even to- look for bacteria? Yeah. So if it has bacteria in it, that's what antibiotics are for and then use Mm -hmm. it. But if it, you don't know that it has bacteria, Mm -hmm. then why are you using them? Yeah. And so that's a tool that you wouldn't use then. Yeah. Don't use a tool for a job you don't have. (laughs) Yeah. Like you don't, you don't put a splint on an animal that you think has a broken bone, right? No. I mean, no. You, well, I guess even differently, you're like, oh, if you think it has um, a torn toenail, you don't put a cast on its knee. Yeah. I don't know how, I don't know. I don't know how to make this analogy. Don't do stuff you don't need to do. Right. Don't waste people's like money. Know what the tool Don't does waste your time. It. Yeah. Use it now, that doesn't mean, that. that doesn't mean we never treat things empirically, meaning without like, okay, I have evidence and I think this is what's going on and I'm, I don't have a definitive test and I'm going to, I'm going to treat it. That is fine. But like, what is the specific disease and is it a disease that requires this treatment? Yeah. But for most things, it's, you kind of have a sign. Yeah. Like the, you know. Like antibiotics, there's a bacteria that you need to kill. Yes. So locate the bacteria. Yeah. But. And then kill it. You have to think there's bacteria, not just there's an infection because infection is caused by things not bacteria, right? Viral infections. That's one of the hardest things for people to do is to have an animal with a fever and not give it antibiotics. That is like potentially i don't think i've like, ever gotten antibiotics when i have a fever interesting it's because you don't go to the doctor well usually i just take ibuprofen yeah which is an antipyretic which means a fever reducing yes. medication good job babe super proud of you um if you went to a doctor yeah give yourself a give yourself a oh <laughs> if you went to a doctor you probably would have gotten an antibiotic oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. i remember they were always yeah. pushing this z-pack thing <gasps> when i was yes, a kid azithromycin yeah and then yeah, can we have a, a thumbs down? Like, what's a what's a thumbs down? Oh, let me. You got to got to figure out which ones these are. It's been a while. You don't know. Uh, Z pack for everybody. Mm, exactly. That is the appropriate response. Got it right. Good job, babe. So, yeah, not prescribing antibiotics is is one of the hardest things people do. It's also one of the most important things for like life on this planet <laughs> for for human and animal life to continue we probably need to stop creating super bugs so what do you do that sounds cool um uh let's say so you're you're gonna do you've decided that the appropriate thing is to do nothing yes and you have a client that's like it's like well what can we do yeah well because i can see uh, someone yeah. asking that. i was like well what can we do about it yeah. Um, so that's usually when I have the conversation about um, that, you know, your your pet is actually really good at healing itself. And so what we can do is provide it an environment that is conducive to healing, right? So we can allow it time to rest and we can monitor to make sure that this plan is working. And I do think for a client like that, who's like, but I want something I really want. And some of you'll have this once in a while. I want something is to say, I get that. 
I don't think that's appropriate right now, but here are the things that would trigger me to do those things. Like here's when I would say this plan is failing and now it's time to do the next thing. That usually makes people feel better. So it's not like I'm not going to do the thing you want and I'm never, there are no circumstances under which I would do that. It's like, no, I'm not going to do it right now. But if this happens or this happens or this happens, then I would, then it makes sense. Then I've got enough support. I don't have to have all of the perfect evidence and the, you know, but it's like now I would say, yeah, that's, that's a reasonable thing to try. So in my experience, just telling them, we're not going to do this now. If my plan doesn't work, then we're going to go with that. And your pet is really stable right now, which is why I feel safe and comfortable trying this first. Um, and that works. I, I really just don't get a lot of pushback. Maybe it's because I'm really scary or intimidating. And yeah. they're just like, well, she's a jerk and we're not going to, we're just going to go to somebody else and get what we want. Maybe, but I ain't prescribing it. Yeah. I guess I you could also think, think of things like, um, so the the dog comes in lame mm-hmm. and you think it's just like a sprain yeah. or something. It's like, Ice packs. Hey, um, hey, keep it inside and watch him. Yeah. No, like, that's like, a prescription. Absolutely. It is. No, that's the, my recommendation is. Yeah. Let, he around. needs to be rested just like you would like don't. Yeah. No exercise for a couple of days. And ice packs are a great thing for people that really want to do something because it can be soothing. Um, it can help with inflammation and it's pretty unlikely to cause harm unless they're like throwing them in the freezer for three hours. That might go poorly. Um, but yeah, giving them other things to do like non-pharmacologic things like you know, non-invasive interventions, stuff like that, I think is, is really, really helpful. Um, and, and it's free and people do like that price tag. Mm -hmm. Like they do. Um, there are some people who will attribute, um, that like they will equate the cost with the value. Um, and I get that, you know, um, but again, that's why I charged for my time because it's valuable. Um, and what I'm giving you now, these instructions to ice or to rest um, or to monitor, that that is encompassed in the expertise that I'm providing for you and you've paid for that. You've paid for my time and my experience and expertise. And I guess I just, it's, we're like, what are you doing this? It just doesn't happen that much. Like I just had a lot yeah. of that off. And I also, um, I think a big part of it is being confident in that and be like, I'm not going to do this and here's why and here's what I expect to happen. And they go, cool, that sounds good. I think if you're like, I think we should just try nothing. Like, well, now it doesn't sound like you want to do that. It sounds like you're not really sure about this plan. Yeah, yeah, I have so, a story with that when I was working at Lowe's. I think I've told it before. On but, the podcast? Uh, yeah. Oh, man, you're worse than me. Yeah, there was some, um, we are working there and everybody's at the power equipment desk and they're all looking up this, they're trying to figure out this universal oil filter yeah. if it would work on some Briggs and Stratton lawnmower. Yeah. Briggs and Stratton's a very common motor brand. Sure. Um, and everybody's trying to look it up, go, oh, we can't find that it works on this specific motor or whatever. And they come, Tover, do you know this one? I was like, yeah, yeah, it works. The customer was like, oh, okay. Takes it, walks away, spends his $5. Ooh. And, um, and uh, then they're gone. And they're like, oh, how, how did you know that? I was like, I don't know. It says Universal Briggs and Stratton's a really common engine. It probably works. <laughs> And if it doesn't work, he can bring it He'll back. come back. He'll probably be annoyed, but whatever. He'll actually waste less time than you guys trying to Google it. Yeah. I know you've told, I've heard that story before. I don't know if you've told it on the podcast. Yeah. If you have, I apologize. So if, uh, if you're that customer and it didn't work, I'm I- sorry. <laughs> but if it did work, if you're that you're customer, welcome. Yeah. If you're that customer, you're probably not listening to this podcast, but you never know. <laughs> Could be. Maybe, maybe a friend. Yeah, it's possible. It could have been a vet. Okay. Briggs so and now, Stratton. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, uh, anyway. Yeah. Never heard so of what are some times when um, Tuesdays you did nothing and you should have done something? What oh, happened? Okay. Um, <laughs> let's see. I mean, I've definitely had 
cases that, and it's not always like I did nothing and I should, I should have done, I'm, I'm sure those cases have happened and they probably ended up seeing a different doctor. Cause I've seen cases where I got a case and I saw the doctor and they did nothing. And I was like, good job. It didn't work this time, but I would have also done nothing. So I remember having a case several years ago. You um, didn't call that person an idiot. No, I was like super proud of them for not originally doing something. Yeah. Um, so it was two dogs from a household got into some garbage and they developed diarrhea because they ate garbage. And it turns out garbage is not exactly health food. And so they both had some diarrhea, but they were fine. They were eating and drinking and otherwise acting okay. And so my colleague who saw them a week before was like, just some time. Maybe, you know, if they're eating fine, like just give it, give it some time. Well, a week later, they're still having diarrhea. And I'm like, oh, okay. I don't really like doing this, but maybe we'll collect a stool sample and send it off for analysis. You know, maybe they're, they got some salmonella or something like that. So we got stool and we sent it off. But in the meantime, I was like, we tried doing nothing and just resting and letting the, the gut heal by itself and it's not working. So I prescribed antibiotics. What? what? No, you didn't. <laughs> I totally did. I know. Can you believe it? I don't know if we should be cheering prescribing antibiotics, but yes, it was a very unusual story. I was like, I prescribed antibiotics. Look at that. It's amazing. It happened. Um, and so, but again, that was because the do nothing in that particular situation didn't work. And it was two dogs that had gotten into garbage. And so I was like, eh, if they're both still having signs, like chances are they did get into something. And I, I don't remember actually what the test came back as and if they actually did have something, but that was a time when do nothing in that situation. And those dogs were fine. Like they were still barking, happy, eating, drinking, like they were fine, but they were still having diarrhea a week later. Yeah. And after a week, it's like, okay, they, they should have pain in the butt. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, wait. Wah. No. Wrong. Green one. Green one. The green one? Yeah. I think you mean this one. <laughs> Nope, I think I definitely mean the green one. I'm not pushing it. I will. Hang on. I'll try not to blast your ears out. Wait, why is there also laughter? Because they're still laughing. Oh. <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, having diarrhea for a week is too long, especially with two dogs. But even though they were feeling fine. So I was like super pleased with my colleague for not having done something. Cause I remember my first thought was like, Oh, they probably prescribed antibiotics and that's probably why it still had, they still have diarrhea. And I looked and I was like, oh, they didn't good job. I guess maybe now I should <laughs> because it didn't work. But that's like one time out of a million. Like most of the time those patients don't come back. Um, I've had a lot more cases where, yeah, um, and why would they come back? That idiot didn't do anything, <laughs> but they did. And those people were fine. They weren't upset no, at I'm all. I'm talking about you when you do. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I know. But like those people weren't, upset that the original the doctor loud, didn't prescribe antibiotics her hands around a lot and Listen. then she didn't even do anything <laughs> I, got a gift. I got a gift two weeks ago for not spending money a lady took the money she saved from the money i didn't charge her and she bought me a gift yeah yeah my clients love me because i save them money it's not what google review says <laughs> yeah have you seen a bad google review of me lately not of you ha! he looks regularly tries to find things so he can give me a hard time yeah i usually i just don't get any reviews yeah. I'm not I'm not a very reviewable doctor, I think. I think it's because like this is people are like, she doesn't need me to give her a review. <laughs> she she knows what she's doing. I'm very I'm confident. I think I'm a good doctor. Yeah. I don't think I, I never make mistakes. I absolutely make mistakes and I could tell you guys some stories. Maybe that'll be another show. I'll be like, here are all the times I screwed up. Yeah, I bet people would like that. Oh, that's kind of depressing. But yeah, we can do that. I'll round up some of my cases. Well, not when you screwed up and you killed something. Maybe when you I mean, screwed up and then like Got a boo-boo. <laughs> well, sometimes things die. 
I have those too. I think we should share those. Anyway, um, that'll be another show. We'll, we'll do that next time. Um, because we've all been there anyway. Um, yeah. Do I think, do you think I answered all your questions about how to do nothing? Well, I think so. Yeah. Well, so, if you, bullet points. Don't just do something. Yeah. Stand there. Have a reason for everything that you do. Reasons, explanations, justifications. Yeah. Why? Answer the why. And if you don't have any reasons to do anything. Don't do it. Don't do anything. Yeah. Seems like good plan. But then explain why you're not doing anything. Right. You and have reasons for not doing something. Go back and check up a few days later Follow to up. make sure that uh, that doing nothing was turned out okay. Yeah. Yeah. Give them instructions. Empower the clients to do nothing as well. Yeah. So with their uh, their exam price, they get a phone call later too. Yeah. It's like a celebrity phone call. A celebrity phone call. Yeah. I was like, you know, I have a podcast, right? Wow. What, if, <laughs> what if you could do that? You get like... <gasps> The you know it's a like pre-recorded old. Like, it's not even pre-recorded. Samuel it's like old celebrities. I want Samuel L. Jackson. No, he's too famous still. Who what? is there? But he's old. There's people. There's um Morgan Freeman. No, he's still too famous. Someone like Henry Winkler or something. Oh, Henry Winkler. I was also thinking of um Patrick Stewart, but he's probably too famous too. Yeah, he's too famous. Too. His voice would be so good for that. Maybe though. like John Travolta or Mel. Gibson. How about Helen Mirren? Is she too famous too? Uh, I think she's had a rebound. She's been in a couple of movies. I know. Right? She'd be really good though. Yeah. I'd want, they can I would call you. To they Helen call Mirren. you and it's like, hey, this is Helen Mirren. <laughs> right? And just I just want to check up on how your dog's doing. doing. Oh, it wouldn't be personalized. Yours would be like generic. How your dog. We'd have a cat one and a dog one. Well, I just don't know any dog names. <laughs> anything. Anything at all. Stick. Yeah. Stick. I wanted to see how Stick was doing. That's actually a good name. Somebody out there. If you're listening, we had a cat you're named not- Sticks, but it was Sticks. the band. No, I want Stick. S T I C K stick. Yeah. And we, we never really call our animals or stick by bug. the name. What if you call them stick bug? We called them cat and dog. Yeah. That's like hippo. We call them kitten mostly. Yeah, I call them kitten. And then motor. Motor's motor. Yeah. Cat. You don't call him cat. You call him motor. You call him cat a lot. No, you call hippo kitten. Mm-hmm. You call motor motor. Yeah. Motor didn't want to come and say hi. We'll have to get him on the next show. Yep. All right. Well, you got anything else? Nah, let's let's Did you call show your day. shirt to the camera? I don't know. Make sure they can see it. Can you guys see? So this is from um, Strange Planet. Nathan Pyle, I think is his name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, I'm a creature repair expert, which is, if you've, if you follow, if you you should should follow him. Yeah, we should totally tag him on Instagram. Why not? But you should follow him. It's really funny. He does like this idea, like things are aliens. If you were aliens coming to the planet, you would literally describe things more literally. And so I'm not a veterinarian. I am a creature repair expert. Yeah. Which I think is really fun. So I have the shirt. Yeah, that, that's not as uh, confusing because you get veterinary vet and then people think you were in the military. Yeah. But you weren't. I'm a CRE. I'm a Cree. A Cree? CRE. I don't know. Creature repair. Expert. A Cree? You're the... Cree. Oh, like from... Like Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. She's a Cree, kind I'm of. A, that's probably what they are. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Um, get out there and do nothing and do it well. And if you have comments or questions or things, I guess you could probably message us. We don't really do that routinely, but we could start and look for us on Instagram and Twitter and YouTube. And this will also, if you listen to this and you wanted to see how dorky we are, you can also watch it on YouTube. And I think that's it. We'll see you next time. And maybe we'll talk about all my screw ups. Maybe. Bye. Bye.